We are in a series on meals that Jesus had. And so we're going to continue that series today. And in the Orthodox Jewish lifestyle, uh, there was a moment in 1992 where an apartment was burning to the ground. And there became a conversation uh, amongst the tenants who lived in that apartment as to whether or not a phone call to the fire department would cause work on the Sabbath to occur. And so the tenants of the apartment debated for a half hour on whether or not uh, the work that would be caused on the Sabbath by the electrical current that was incurred during the phone call uh, would be okay or not. And in that time frame, two other apartments burned to the ground while the debate was going on. And so in an attempt to follow the religious law, uh, three families lost their homes. Today in Iowa, it is a law that a one-armed uh, piano player must perform for free. And you can't take a picture of a rabbit in June. Careful. In other states, it's illegal for men to knit during fishing season. It's better things to be doing. I mean, it's fishing season. You need a license to juggle in some states. And in even weirder news, in other states, a pickle must bounce when it hits the ground in order for it to be officially a pickle. I don't know if you eat your pickles after you drop them on the ground or not, but you're welcome to um, if you would like to, because then you'll know it's officially a pickle. Legalism is everywhere. It's everywhere. And in the weirdest, strangest, most damaging, and also just bizarre ways. And the Jewish Orthodox brand of legalism that caused them to not make a phone call in a timely manner while a building was burning to the ground is a scenario that continues and continued on from today's moment in the Gospels. And this meal with Jesus, if we're honest, is probably a little bit more of a snack with Jesus. Um, but we didn't have enough stories of snacks with Jesus to do two different series. Um, so today we're going to do a snack with Jesus during the Meals with Jesus series. And uh, we're going to talk about some of how that snack with Jesus played out. Luke 6, verse 1. One Sabbath, as Jesus was going through the wheat fields, his disciples were picking the heads of wheat, rubbing them in their hands and eating them. Some Pharisees said, why are you breaking the Sabbath law? Jesus replied, haven't you read what David and his companions did when they were hungry? He broke the law by going into God's house and eating the bread of the presence, which only the priests can eat. He also gave some of the bread to his companions. Then he said to them, the human one is the Lord of the Sabbath. The process that was happening in this particular meal with Jesus was breaking four specific Sabbath laws, four important rules. The religious law prohibited reaping, threshing, winnowing, and preparing food. 
And so in what might have been a 30-second encounter of picking the wheat, rubbing it together with their hands, which turned into threshing and winnowing, and then eating it, they had committed four Sabbath felonies. There were a lot of other rules that the religious leaders of the day followed as well. And lots of them seem as silly as the state laws that exist today that we know aren't being enforced in this particular day. However, they were. There was one law where you were not allowed to tie knots on the Sabbath. Tying knots was considered work. However, there was an exception to the law within which women could tie a knot to keep the dress closed. And so, in order to get water from the well on the Sabbath, there creates a loophole. Now, if you're allowed to tie your dress in a knot, but the well bucket rope could not be tied in a knot, what they would often do was tie the rope to their dress, tie the knot there, then lower the bucket so that they were getting around said law. And so a lot of these laws created opportunities for loopholes. And as you can imagine, with Jewish life, and not just today's laws that we've heard about, but the many laws that we've studied over and over throughout time, is that the gospel message became inundated with barriers to that message. With cumbersome details and things that created ways that people could not access Jesus or the message of Jesus. And it eventually became so intense that only the people with the highest brain function, only the people with the best memory, only the people who could read and write, and only the people who were wealthy or in charge and could hire other people to do things like go to the well for water, were the only people who could possibly begin to follow all of them. And this particular story is a little bit less about the actual thing that was happening on the Sabbath, so much as the overarching premise that there were all these laws that had to be followed in the context of legalism. And when the Pharisees questioned Jesus about his decision to let everyone snack on the Sabbath through a process that required work, he offered them a rebuke. He said, haven't you read what David and his companions did when they were hungry, he broke the law by going into God's house and eating the bread of the presence, which only the priests can eat. He also gave some of the bread to his companions. This rebuke is not subtle, because what's happening here is that Jesus is saying to the people who have read every single thing there is to read in Scripture and have every law memorized in their brains to the best of their ability, his rebuke begins with, have you not read something? Is there something out there that you haven't read? To which, of course, they would say, no, 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 I've read everything. Which leads us to our first point this morning, which is that it's possible to read Scripture and still completely miss the real meaning. And so Jesus' rebuke wasn't, have you read it, as he knew they had read it. It was, did you read it? and miss it completely? Did you read scripture and apply it to your life and yet miss the real meaning behind it? So Jesus references this moment where David 
broke a rule to eat. That moment's in 1 Samuel 12. There's a story where David and his troops are headed in to um, eat. And there's no food, but they're really hungry. And traditionally, the bread that was available was holy bread. And it was only served to people who had done every cleansing ritual that existed. Who were certain that they were the most pure people to exist in that space. Typically only reserved for the priests. And in that particular story that Jesus references, David ate, his companions ate, and none of them were considered the most pure people to exist. They weren't priests, they were just people. But their hunger took precedence over the law. And this is a story in the law that Jesus is saying, hey, do you remember this moment where their hunger was more important than the law that existed. And in that choice to bring up that particular moment in the past, in a law, Jesus is communicating a really, really important point, which is that human need is always more important than religious rules. And it seemed in the wheat fields of that 30 seconds it took to eat that food, that the Pharisees had forgotten about this moment that had happened. Human need is always more important than religious rules. So many of the conversations that Jesus had were around this idea of legalism, around this concept of laws. And if you've spent some time at Cook's Hill, you'll know that we talk about it often because we spend a lot of time in the interactions and the conversations that Jesus had. Religious ritual and rules and tradition and addition to scripture had created so many unnecessary barriers to the good news that Jesus is breaking them all down. And there are two other scriptures that talk about legalism and religious behavior that as a church we tend to sort of give lip service to but not necessarily internalize and think through. And the first one is in Hosea. 6, 6. It says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. The next is in Isaiah 58, where there's fasting happening, but the fasting is not leading to the doing what Jesus did a part of life. Last week we talked about how we need to be with Jesus, and then our being with Jesus needs to propel us to do what Jesus did. And in Isaiah 58, there's a fasting, a being with Jesus, a context of, of a ritual tradition that's occurring, but it's not leading to the doing what Jesus did part of discipleship. And it says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. 
If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, he continues on from there. Organizations and individuals steeped in religious tradition often have a breakdown of theology that happens in the areas of sacrifice and mercy. To be religious is to desire sacrifice over mercy. So much of the Pharisees' journey was simply that they could not accept that Jesus could offer mercy when they were paying the sacrifices and they were doing the things and they were the ones putting in all of the work. And they had gone out and made sure that they memorized all the things that they needed to memorize. And they could not accept that Jesus could just show up and override the sacrifice just like that. They couldn't fathom a new world where their religious wealth, their status in the community, their financial wealth, all of the things that they gained by becoming the people they became on their own could just be wiped out like that. But it's very much in Jose stated that Jesus desires mercy over sacrifice. And the next thing throughout scripture is that Jesus desires love over ritual. Isaiah 58 is all about how fasting is useless, totally useless. All of this time spent with Jesus, all of this making sure that you're following every discipline and doing every discipline and doing all of the right things is not valuable if it doesn't come with the context of loving other people. So while the disciples are traveling and they're eating and breaking Sabbath rules, Jesus says, don't read scripture and apply it without taking into context the meaning. And in the church today, we have a way, in our own sort of way, we're not saying that we can't eat on Sundays. That simply doesn't happen. We eat a lot on Sundays uh, as a part of church and, and how we function. And so we have not maybe kept the same rules, but that's typically where we get a little bit sideways, is that we look at a story like this and we say, we would never fault anyone for eating on a Sunday. We eat all the time on Sundays, and it's great, and we love it, and come eat with us on Sunday. Like, that's not our law. That's not our problem. And so we forget that the underlying meaning is not that they were eating on the Sabbath, but that they had made a bunch of ridiculous laws that were more important than human need. And so the question for us this week to ponder and to pursue is about what barriers we may be allowing to the gospel based on little rules or laws that we have or that we think of. And as we go throughout our week individually and collectively, this is an important conversation to be having. Because they sneak up on us. 
and they come out of nowhere. And we don't see them happening, and before you know it, you have to drop a pickle on the ground and watch it bounce before you can eat it and call it a pickle. And although it sounds ridiculous, there are so many ways that we allow these sort of somewhat ridiculous things to infiltrate how we function and how we think and how we process. And, and in that, they create different barriers to the gospel. And there's some really simple ones that wouldn't shock anyone here, but they would know as a pastor, there are phrases that I hear that tell me that the church still has a long ways to go. And sometimes those phrases are just simple things like, I didn't know if I could come because I didn't have any pants without holes in them. Or I didn't know if I could show up because X. Maybe it's this like really simple thing. Not the right clothing, not the right hairstyle. And these are real fears that people share about whether or not they should come to church. Which tells you that while we may not be watching pickles bounce, we might be looking at other things. And so as a church, our challenge moving forward is to determine if the human need is more important than whatever might be the thing that makes us feel comfortable or secure or whatever law we might think that we are hanging on to for Jesus. So we're going to ask those questions this week individually, collectively, as we think through that process. And if it helps you to remember throughout the week, just say, does a pickle have to bounce to be considered a pickle? Does an apartment have to burn to the ground before a phone call is made? And translate those things into the moments to say, am I looking with judgment when maybe that's not necessary?